have, have you ever wondered why sometimes your prayers go unanswered? Do you ever wonder sometimes in why it seems like you just can't get a breakthrough in your life? You're, you're trying with everything that you have. You're, it's like you're, you're swinging for the fence every single year, but it's like, man, I'm at the exact same place uh, where I was last year. And I want to look at a time in the Bible where some of Jesus' disciples asked the exact same question. They were looking at a situation that seemed impossible to them. They had tried it, but it didn't work out. And Jesus gives them an answer that's, that's just profound and powerful. And I believe it's the same answer for us in life whenever we're looking at the things that may be missing along our journey. If you have your notes, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 14. And we're, this is a time um, where Jesus and his disciples were ministering together. It says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Somebody that has kids just found your life verse here on first Wednesday. God, my kid is a lunatic. Says he is sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So this man was dealing with an impossibility. His son had issues. He brings his son to Jesus' disciples. They could do nothing about it. In verse 17, Jesus answered and said, so here's the issue. Here's the problem that they were facing. He said, oh, faithless, can you say that with me? Faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you, Jesus said? How long shall I suffer you? He says, bring him Hither to me, and Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. So the disciples brought a need. Uh, The disciples faced an impossibility they couldn't fix. So then the man with the impossibility comes to Jesus, and just like that, with his power, he heals the situation. But Jesus outlined the problem that these disciples were facing, and I think it's an interesting one, because I think it's one that I know I face um, as well. And here are the problem that he had. First of all, he said they're faithless, and I want to describe what that means. Number one, he said you're faithless, so that means you're not connected enough to God. You don't have enough faith, Jesus says. The reason why the impossibility stays impossible is, first of all, you're faithless, you Do not have enough faith. You're not connected enough to him. But he didn't stop there. He said, it's not just that you're not connected enough to me. You're not connected enough to God. He said, you're also perverse, which is kind of a word we don't use on an everyday, um, you know, every single day that, you know, it's perverse. But simply put, it's simply what he was saying is that, that perverse means that you're too connected to the world, or some translations say you're worldly or you have, you're, you're too connected to the things of this world. So he says, first of all, here's your issue. You're not connected enough to God. You don't have enough faith. And then the other side of it is you're too connected to the world. You can't do what it's in your heart to do. You can't do anything about the impossibility that you're facing in your life, disciples, because you're not connected enough to God and you're too connected to the world. That the world has kind of 
infiltrated your life, that you're so connected to the things of this world that you can actually miss out on the things of God. And uh, my job tonight is not to try to define what all the things of the world are for you. I believe my job is just to get us looking at the scripture and asking some questions to God. God, is there anything in my life that is like these disciples where I'm not connected enough to you and I'm just way too connected to what's happening in the world? I'm way too connected to what's happening on earth and I'm not connected enough to what's happening, what's happening in heaven. My prayer is that we would be a church that would begin to develop convictions. I believe the height of spiritual maturity is a Christian that has convictions. Heartfelt, personal convictions between them and God. See, the more that we... The more we spend time with God, the more we know him. The, the closer our relationship becomes personal. It's not a religion that we practice. Well, I read these verses for five minutes today, and I'll do that again tomorrow and the day after that, and I'll come to church on first Wednesday, and then I'll come on Sunday morning, and then I'll serve, and it's just kind of a religious ritual. Or is it a relationship? Because a relationship's completely different. A relationship can go closer and closer and closer. Um, this, this month, my wife and I'll be celebrating 11 years of, of being married. And, um, I know her a lot more now than I did 11 years ago. As a matter of fact, I could probably go to a restaurant and get pretty close to what she wants for dinner tonight because I've, we've ate a lot of meals together and I know what she likes and I know what she doesn't like. And I know when she says She's fine when she's not fine. And whenever she says, oh, you go ahead and do that, that does not always mean, man, you go ahead and do that. That's what I've learned. <laughs> you you got to look in the eyes and see, you know, what it really means. you know, got to translate some of these things along the way. I love you, honey. Um, but I don't always understand, but it's okay. <laughs> but what I found the same thing with God is that the more I know him, the closer our relationship is. And there are some things that I do that I feel like weighs me down. Maybe there's some things in your life that's not necessarily sinful things, but they're just things that keep you too connected to the world. And Jesus says that can cause us to miss out on his perfect plan for our life. That's what these disciples were dealing with. So, so I love what they do. And look at with me at verse 19. Uh, so... so he had an issue, they had an issue, they couldn't solve it, and then they went to Jesus without anybody else around, and uh, they brought Jesus apart, I love that, they're kind of ashamed of themselves, and they said, why couldn't we do this? Why could not we cast him out? That sounds like Yoda speak. Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove from here to yonder place and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible to you. In verse 21, he sums it up by saying, But this kind goes not out but by two things. Number one, prayer. Number two, fasting. Jesus gives them the solution to their problem. I love that about him. He doesn't just say, well, here's your problem. He actually gives them a solution to, okay, here's some impossibility. You've been having trouble with it. Your problem is you're not connected enough to me and you're too connected to the world. So then he begins to tell us what the solution to our problem is. He said the solution is simply this prayer and fasting. And I want to show you why this correlates directly to this. Number one, because prayer connects us to God. Prayer connects us to God. 
Prayer is about a relationship that we have with Jesus. Prayer draws us nearer to Him. Our conversation, the more we spend time with Him, the more confident that we are in Him. The more we spend time with Him, the more confident that we are with Him. If you handed me something I've never done before, um, an instrument I've never played before, if you handed me a saxophone and said, hey, I want you to go play a concert this afternoon, I promise I would not have very much confidence. Not at all. But if you hand me a guitar, I've been playing a guitar for a long, long time. And I've spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of nights, a lot of days, a lot of mornings with a guitar on my lap. It's, as a matter of fact, now it's kind of second nature. I can hear the music and I know where to go and I know what the next thing is. And I know I, I, I've, I've developed a little bit of confidence with that because of the time that I've spent. And God says the more time you spend speaking to me, prayer is something where you can develop a confidence with God. See, prayer is not about just saying, well... I put in five hours of prayer, so I need five hours of blessing. You know, it's like, I got this issue, God. I, you know, I kind of have some debt issue. How many, how many tokens of prayer do I need to put into the cosmic vending machine to be able to get my answer? And what I found is that Jesus is not so much concerned with my, the answer that I need as much as he is me realizing that he's the answer to everything that I need. Like, I want him to do this one thing. <laughs> He says, son, you need to understand it's not even about this one issue you have. It's about you understanding that I'm all sufficient in whatever it is that you need. Maybe today it's this issue. Maybe tomorrow it's a healing. Maybe, maybe next time it's something in your family. Maybe it's next. I want you to develop a confidence through prayer that no, doesn't matter what you're facing, that everything, you know everything's going to be all right in him. So prayer connects us to God, and you probably follow this in your mind. Uh, fasting disconnects us from the world. So again, he said, your problem is you're too connected to the world. You're not connected enough to God. He says, okay, here's the answer. Prayer and fasting. Prayer connects you to God. Fasting disconnects you from the world. See, fasting is not suffering to please God. It's not trying to manipulate God. It's not a requirement. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to disconnect a little bit along the way and say, okay, what are some things? And this is, this is a question I would really, really pray that you would go from this service tonight and talk to God alone. Maybe tonight before you go to bed, maybe tomorrow whenever it's quiet sometimes, maybe when you're driving to work tomorrow. But say, God, is there anything in me that I'm too connected to the world and I'm not connected enough to you? And that's what fasting does. So he said, your impossibility could be tied to the fact that you're too connected to the world, not connected enough to me. So here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get involved in prayer and I want you to get involved in fasting so that this thing, whatever your thing is that you need, whatever the disciples' thing is that they needed, God says that the answer can be found when we pray, when we seek God, and when we fast. So that's why as a church we're about to go into a season of prayer and fasting. This has been a, a pillar. This is, a, this is the bedrock of, of City Hills Church and what this is all about. Before we ever even started as a church, we had 21 days of prayer and fasting in August before we started. Where we met in the mornings at a, uh, just a warehouse just a couple bays down from here. Our office used to be there at the end of this building. And we met in, a, in that place and we prayed. 
And then last year in January, whenever it was freezing cold and the heater wasn't working right, we gathered together for 21 days and prayed in the mornings. Uh, before anyone else would, uh, before we would go to work and before life would kind of start in the day, we would gather together and pray. And I really believe that everything that God is doing here at City Hills Church is, has nothing to do with talent or ability or, or, or people that are um, on the team or off the team. Or I, I really believe that the, 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 the bedrock of what God is doing here at this church is about prayer and it's about fasting. It's about God's, us as a body, saying, God, everything that we have, we lay down at your feet. We want to make sure that we are connected to you first and foremost, that you're the most important. You are the center of everything that we do. Before we strum a guitar, God, before we start this service when we this past year in August before we moved in this building we could have moved in here earlier than we did but we said for the next 21 days we want to make sure before we move into this this new place that we come and we seek God and we had a group of people it blew my mind how many people came this last August and people filled this place as we were working on it in the morning from 6 to 7 and worshipped and prayed and wrote names of people that needed God all over these floors and I believe what God has done is a direct correlation to prayer and fasting I really do somebody asked me uh, the other day what what is God you know what what is what is it that why is City Hills growing why is God I really honestly believe that it's prayer and fasting I believe it's because God's favor and blessing and impossible things become possible whenever we do exactly what Jesus said so we're entering into a season of prayer and fasting see uh, we, we talk a lot about prayer even people that aren't even believers know about prayer. I want to talk a little bit about fasting tonight specifically and what that is in our lives. Uh, Jesus talked about fasting. Jesus uh, lived a life of fasting. Before Jesus even began his ministry, it was characterized by him spending, him spending 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, fasting, seeking after God. Matthew chapter, I, I put some passage of scripture in your notes because I want to show you we're not just doing this to do this. We're doing this because this is what Jesus said. We're doing this because it's in the word of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 says, when you fast. I find it interesting. He doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast. As a matter of fact, in this one chapter of scripture, there's three things that Jesus says when you do, and I think really there are keys to breakthrough and power in our walk with God. I think they get God's attention, I really do. He said, number one, when you fast, number two, when you pray, and number three, when you give. I believe all three of those things are a key to power and breakthrough in our life. He said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. I've wanted to do that whenever I was fasting before. You know, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel terrible. You know, he said, truly I tell you that they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on your cologne, put oil on your head, and wash that face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus says, not if you fast, but that this needs to be a common practice of our walk with God. And he gives us, when you do it, don't walk around moping and how hungry you are. And He said, wash up, clean up, put some oil on your face, everybody, and put a smile on there. So 
this is about God. This is about our relationship with him. So, um, so this is what Jesus said. Also, this is what the early church practiced. Acts chapter 13, in verse 2 through 3, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... This was part of their worship. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and were sent off. I love this. During a time of prayer and fasting, God speaks to them. God speaks to the church and says, Hey, I have a calling on Barnabas and Saul. I want you to separate them. I want them to go on a missionary journey. I was in a season of prayer whenever and fasting whenever God called me to Knoxville. I can take you back to the place where I was and had taken a day of prayer and fasting. In these moments as believers, in times of disconnecting from the world and connecting to God, I believe God speaks to us. I really do. And then even the Apostle Paul, he writes about fasting. He says about his life and journey, he says, In weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, he says, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. He was just describing his ministry and his journey. He said, hey, it wasn't easy. That It's not all uh, just things that everyone would want to do necessarily. But he said fasting was part of... My ministry, fasting has been part of who I am. I want to explain a little bit of why prayer and fasting uh, is really effective in our lives. Um, first of all, simply this, because we are a triune being. Every single one of us are triune. What I mean by that, we have three parts to us. Uh, first of all, we have our body. Um, we have our body. And this, this is in your notes. We have your body. Your body connects to, um, to, me, to me. My body connects to me. So my body, I can connect to the things of this world. I can connect to what, you know, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Um, a body, we, we have a body. There are, certain, there are some uh, things of the world that just, they only have one of these aspects. So like a tree, you know, has a physical form. It has a body, uh, but it doesn't have any of the other things. It doesn't have a spirit. It doesn't have a soul. The second thing is my spirit connects to others. My spirit connects to others. In other words, our emotions that we're able to, interact with one another so we have a body we have a spirit and then lastly our soul connects to God our soul connects to God so we have a body uh, we have a spirit we have a soul there's all kinds of theologians that say well it's not the soul it's the spirit not the spirit and the soul and kind of mix those up but um, for me it makes the most sense to, to say body uh, spirit connects to each it connects to others and then the soul connects to God. And, uh, you know, there are things uh, that have a, a spirit, but not a soul. So like animals, you know, they can, you know, tails wagging, you know, they're ha- you know, that dog is happy, happy when you come in the door, you know, but I hate to say it, dogs do not have a soul. They don't have, they, they can't connect to God. And, you know, so uh, do all dogs go to heaven? I don't know. I just know cats don't go to heaven. So I just know all dogs go to heaven. I'm sorry, all you cat people, but, you know, you can get saved tonight. It's all right. We're getting, Jesus is in the house. Just joking. But you're, we are body. We are spirit. We connect to each other. And we are soul. We connect to God. So our body connects to ourselves. Our spirit connects to others. And our soul connects to God. And here's the point I'm trying to make tonight. It's simply this. that Whichever one's stronger rules the others. 
So if your body's the strongest, it's going to rule over your spirit and your soul. You've seen, this, seen people do this before. They can literally destroy their, their, their relationships with God and with other people because they're so addicted in the body. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's um, something that they're addicted to of this world. If, if your body's the strongest part of you, your urges is the strongest thing about you, then it literally can destroy your walk with God, it can destroy your family, it can destroy everything that you love. Just like your spirit can do. That if your spirit is the strongest thing about you, in other words, connecting to other people, having those relationships in your life, that if, if, if connecting to other people is the strongest thing about who you are, then it can literally destroy your walk with God. I've seen people that have thrown away their walk with God just so that somebody could accept them or they, so they could be with a certain person. And they can, it can destroy their body. I've seen people get so depressed because a relationship has gone wrong that they literally killed their body. Literally committed suicide and killed their body. Why? Because their spirit was the strongest thing about them. But here's the thing. Whenever your soul is the strongest thing about you, Whenever your relationship with God and my relationship with God is the strongest thing about us, it's stronger than what I feel in my flesh. It's stronger than my natural urges. It's stronger than the things that I feel in external. It's stronger than my relationships with other people. That it's a constant whenever relationships may go up and down and be rocky and all these things. That if my relationship with God, my soul is the strongest thing about me, then I want to tell you everything works in our life. So the question is, how's your soul? How's your soul? How's your soul? So here's why fasting and prayer is so effective. It's like fasting, it's like a one-two punch. <laughs> because whenever you fast, you literally, whenever you fast, you diminish the body and the spirit. And then when you pray, you enlarge the soul. So when you, when you take time to fast, in other words, disconnect from the world, your body and your spirit just, it's like, Take a back seat, body. You know, you've got those hunger pains, you know, that just don't go away. And you're like, okay, body, I don't care what you're screaming at me. I am seeking God more than the things that you're screaming at me. I want to hear God more than the things I hear of my body. Or maybe you turn off your, um, maybe you log off for a little bit of media or social media or the things that we're kind of constantly connected, connected, connected to everybody, everybody, everybody. And we say, you know what? I'm not so much concerned about what's happening in Washington. I'm not so much as concerned what's happening in California, what's happening with my friends, with people that I'm connected to online or people I don't even know, movie stars, people, the new song coming out, the new movie that's coming out. I'm not so much concerned about that as I am to say, okay, take a back seat, all those things. I want to hear God more than I want to hear what anybody else is saying to me. It's powerful because you're making that soul part of you stronger whenever you pray and whenever you fast. And when your soul is the strongest, everything works. So that's what fasting and prayer, that's what, it's what I really want to um, just present before you to do. As we enter into this season, 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're starting on Sunday. I'm going to have donuts here for everybody on Sunday. It's like a last supper, everybody. <laughs> so I guess Sunday after church, you can start your fast. But I just really wanted us to prepare our hearts and say, okay, God, I really want a breakthrough in 2017. I really want to 
things I've struggled with in my body, things I've struggled with in my spirit, I'm ready for it to be gone. I'm ready for a breakthrough. So I want to give you just some very practical things. Um, Number one, set your objective. So this is why we're talking about this tonight. I want you to go ahead and begin to set some objectives for what you're wanting God to do in your life. Be specific. Set some objectives. I put some objectives of my own down. I said, God, I want to declare my dependence on you. God, another objective of mine, I want to give the first of, I want to tithe my year to you. I'm going to spend 21 days tithing my mornings to you. I want to give that to you, God. I want to ask for forgiveness for anything in my life that's not pleasing to God. I want to refocus my life on eternal things. It's a big thing. Man, I can get so focused on the things of this world. I can get worried. I can get so afraid. It's like I'm just defined by all the little ebbs and flows of life. And I want to refocus on the eternal things of God. I want to invite the presence of God in my life like never before. Now some specific needs I'm praying for. So start making some, making some decisions. Um, and, and second, go ahead and decide. Uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and set your plan. Go ahead and set your plan what you're going to do. Go ahead and set a plan for how you're going to pray and how you're going to fast. That's number two. So go ahead now. Start thinking about it. Talk to your um, family about it. Decide what you can do as a family. Decide what fast you're going to do. Oh, I have some kinds of fast. Um, as well, I didn't. I, I think I wrote them in your notes, but uh, we have complete. There's a complete fast. I'll just describe this a little bit. Complete fast. Uh, this this fast uh, calls for your drinking only liquids, uh, typically water and light juice as an option. That's a complete fast. Um, there's a selective fast. Uh, this type of fast is all about kind of removing certain elements out of your diet. It's what my wife and I do most of the times. A lot of people call it the Daniel fast because it's from the book of Daniel. And it's, um, we, we kind of take meats and sweets and, man, all that good eats out of our diet. And uh, just as a time to uh, seek the Lord and do some selective fasting, usually kind of fruits and vegetables. Um, a lot of people in this, they'll do like a juice diet or something like that. Um, another one's a partial fast. This is something my, my mother does to this day during times of prayer and fasting. Uh, she, it's like a selective time. So like from morning to like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And you can like fast a meal or fast. Um, my mom would always do the daylight hours. So she would eat kind of at night or early in the morning, and just kind of all day long she would fast. Um, and then uh, the last kind that I, and another kind that I had, the soul fast. Um, this is kind of things that not, are not necessarily food. So this is something I usually try to incorporate sometime during the 21 days where I log off of media, where I turn off the television, or I try not to watch anything during this season of prayer and fasting just to let my soul get stronger and the things of the world diminish. So this could be really anything that you feel like can be a distraction to you along the way. Maybe it's talk radio. I don't, I don't know. Whatever it is for you, every, everything's different. But whatever kind of is filling your mind, 
whenever I was a youth pastor, on, we talked about, we did a time of prayer and fasting just like this. And I remember a kid said, I am deleting my Facebook. And he put his Bible app right where his Facebook was. So like he said, it just naturally always would like open up that one part of his phone. He said, he said he just found himself, he would open up the Bible and he'd read the Bible instead of reading about what was happening on Facebook. So uh, that's a uh, example. And then one more fast is the uh, slim fast, the slim fast. I'm sorry. Corny joke. I'm sorry. I really worked hard on that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, but the idea is do something. You know, I, I'm, no, I'm not a, nobody's legislating this or uh, we're not going to ask exactly, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, but um, between you and God, decide, man, what's this? What am I going to disconnect from so I can connect to God? And if you go to cityhills.com forward slash 21 days, it's in your notes, cityhills.com forward slash 21 days, there are all kinds of resources that I put for prayer and fasting. There's uh, sermon videos about prayer and about how to pray. There's all kinds of fasting information. There are fast, like teaching your kids about fasting if you want your, your kids to join you on the journey. There's recipes for fasting. There's menus for Daniel fasting. There's every kind of resource that I could find. It's on that page so that if you want to learn more about fasting or a different type of fast and there's different books on there that you can, that you can, um, I listed that you can buy that talk about fasting that I've read and um, check that page out if you want a little bit more information about that. You can also download a whole packet that's a devotional for every single day, something different to pray for. And then you can also on Sunday, we'll be giving uh, out those books as well um, on Sunday, on Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. So I, I just, I, I wanted to make, just try to take away every excuse to, that would keep us from doing this and, and that you would go between you and God and say, okay, God, what do you want to say to me during this season? And number three, expect results expect results expect results as we enter into this don't don't let your mind go to well nothing's really ever changed you know it's it's you know i've i've prayed before and nothing's really happening i want you to expect some results in your life isaiah 58 and verse 8 i love this passage so much speaking about fasting in particular it says speaking of fasting after you fasted then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and he will say, here I am. I want to tell you that during this season of prayer and fasting, begin to expect that when you're praying and whenever you're fasting, that the God Almighty, the God of heaven and earth can bring healing, he can bring righteousness, he can make things right that are wrong in your life, he could turn around things that you never thought would turn around in your life or in your family. Just give him a chance and expect for him to do something awesome and something great in our lives. Why don't we stand to our feet over the house? I want to pray for us. We're going to sing one more song and, and um, take communion together before we leave tonight. But just right where you are, why don't you just begin this process of saying, okay, God, what are you saying to me uh, during this season? What is my fasting supposed to be like? Uh, what's... You know, what do I need, how do I need to participate in this 21 days of prayer? I want this for you so bad. I want you to experience 
that intimacy with God is found when you seek him above everything else. I need it. Lord, would you help us? Give us strength to be able to to walk forward into this season, this new year. We're not just going to go like we went in times before and try to do things ourselves this year, God, but we are pausing to say, Lord, would you move in our hearts and lives? We're going to seek you. We're going to seek you in prayer. We're going to connect to you. We're going to disconnect from the things of this world. And God, we're expecting to see you do great things.